Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into episode number 113 of the Get Around Podcast. As always, my name is Jake Adnip. I will be your host today in the studio with me, James Cook, Andrew Rosenthal, on this beautiful Monday in February. You know, we have quite a bit to talk about today, but I want to talk about this past weekend. I went to Colorado. I snowboarded. I learned how to snowboard. I went to the Chicago Auto Show the day you left for Colorado. I, I was still, I, I didn't leave for Colorado until Thursday, technically. But still, what an incredible experience. I ended up going to Red Rocks, going up into the mountains for an entire day, seeing the sunrise and the sunset in the mountains. Learning to snowboard is probably the best part, though, because I, now I can actually translate that back into northern Michigan. And me being on the mountains in Denver is, like, so far away from, like, being on, like, Crystal Mountain or Boyne Mountain that, like, I feel like if I go anywhere up here now, it's going to be like a piece of cake. You know, I saw a lot of cars that probably would never survive in northern Michigan, like a bedazzled Rolls Royce. Like, I imagine that being stuck on Long Lake Road just like I did. Well, this is the thing. Wait for summertime. You're going to see some really nice cars up here. People just keep them in the garage, my friend. Yeah, there's a lot of classic cars up this way. Yeah, you're, you're going to see some really nice cars that are driving, driving around over the summertime. Just not right now, because guess what? People who make those cars who are smart enough aren't going to be driving those around in the wintertime. And just go over to Haggerty. They right, had, you have some on display. <laughs> they had the supercar section, and it was like this roped-off area. Someone jumped it, and they threatened to call the cops on him. He made a huge scene out of it, and then it took a step back. It was right next to Porsche, Jaguar, and what was the other? Um, Range Rover. They were all in the same corner, so I just looked at my peripherals, and I'm like, gosh, it must be like $10 million worth of cars I'm staring at right now. More than that, probably. All those concept cars probably don't even have a price tag on them. You've never even seen what they are or what they can do. So. They had a concept Porsche that was a electric, fully electric Porsche. That just blew my mind. Yeah, we were talking about that. I don't know when the North American Auto Show was in Detroit, but I used to go to that all the time. Like, all the time. The Woodward Cruise? Well, no, just when it was at Kobo. Like, it used, they're mm-hmm. doing it during the summer this year. I know that they switched it. It used to be during January. Like, it would have already just happened like a week and a half ago in Detroit. But instead of doing that, they switch it to the summertime. And they'll be doing that for the first time ever, which would be really, really cool. Uh, I, I don't know exactly when it is this summer, but I think it'll actually bring more people and they'll probably make it a bigger event. But speaking of, we have a big loaded show for you guys today. This show brought to you by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. Before we get too far in, after the reminder from our sponsors at Jimmy John's, we do want to get the people fed. It's been a little while since we have. And we went into our Instagram trove this week for interacting with us on Instagram. Leland's Andre Masse is the winner of two free Jimmy John's subs this week. So keep a lookout in your DMs for that. We'll get those vouchers sent out to you very soon. I'm going to run you down real quick, let you guys know what we're going to talk about. We're going to dive into the pulse, talk about some big happenings from last week in basketball. Uh, both boys and girls, we're going to talk a little bit about hockey, and we're also going to talk about bowling, which will lead us into our interview with the first ever bowlers on the get-around, which is really exciting. Noel Phillips and Ryan Mahalski from Traverse City West, both seniors, joined us for episode 113 to talk about the Great Northwest High School Bowling Conference that just ended this past weekend and to talk about their hopes for states and uh, their lives as bowlers and how they've grown up into the sport of bowling. Uh, that was a really good interview, so make sure you stick around for that. We're going to dive in after the interview and talk about some awards and recognitions that have happened over the last week. Just kind of touch on a few things that happened uh, with coaches and players and such. Um, big happenings over the past 10, 12 days. Then we're going to dive into another rendition of the Hall of Fame where we induct one of our local high school athletes into the most exclusive club in Northern Michigan for their performances over the past week. And then, of course, we're going to get into our trifecta where I ask these gentlemen about their bucket list. Because, as I said, I went to Colorado this past weekend. I never thought I was going to be doing that. It was always on my bucket list to go snowboarding in Colorado. And lo and behold, it happened. 
So, made me think about what else I might want to do next. So, I want to make sure I ask these fellas. So, make sure you stick around to find out what our hopes and dreams for our lives are. I know you guys are all so very interested in what we're going to be doing to further ourselves. So, without any further ado, let's get started. We're going to dive into the pulse, gentlemen. We got lots to talk about, but we're going to start off with the big game that happened last Friday while I was out of town. But both you gentlemen we got the chance to see Traverse City Central kind of make their way back into the conversation in the Big North Conference in boys basketball. Ten-point deficit. They come back and they beat Petoskey, who seemed like they had a stranglehold on the BNC. But now Traverse City Central's back. They have been on a tear lately, and you were at that game on Friday, Andrew. I mean, you, I'm pretty sure you saw them at the beginning of this tear when they started playing with TC West, all that type of stuff, and then you back here on the back end of this. What is the difference between the team that you saw two and a half weeks ago and what you saw them be able to do and come back against Petoskey now? You know, Travis Shuba, you know, I, I might be your good luck charm. You haven't lost when I've been at your games and when I've been hired at the Record Eagle. So I, I, I do think that that game against Petoskey was a lot closer than the score, the final score indicated, or even a 12-point deficit would have in- indicated. I think they were down 12 heading into the, at some point in the fourth quarter. It was like they were at hovering around eight or seven or eight-point deficit. It just seems like all of a sudden, slowly and slowly, they started claw back. It wasn't one of those insane runs where they scored 12 unanswered points and all of a sudden took a lead. It wasn't like that. It, they did it the dirty way. You made you made a stop here and there. Carson Bordeaux took it to the basket for a layup, and then at the end, it, it, I forget how they took the how they took the lead. Even yeah. if, what do you think the difference of the team is from when you started at the record league when you first saw them? They, I mean, they weren't. They, I don't think they were. You know, quite on all cylinders like they were. What did you see in the, the difference between the last time you saw them and the first time you saw them? The biggest difference was they relied so much around Henry Gokul, and the office just offense just completely went around him. It's not like that now. Every everyone on the team is going to do something. It's every game. It seems like someone else is getting ten points here and there. That's huge for teams when they can grow their bench to make a significant impact like that. Now I want to talk about Petoskey a little bit because I got a chance to see them last week before I jetted out of here. You got to see Petoskey, and that was the first time that we kind of had eyes on on them here at the Record Eagle. I mean, they're a very good basketball. Oh, yeah. They have a lot of size, and that's the thing about them, though, is they don't have a lot of size, and they're competing up against teams that have like six foot tall. Oh, guys. I disagree. I think that I think Petoskey might actually be the biggest team in the Big North. They have three guys on their bench that are six, 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 seven, and bigger behind okay. Nate Everly Rodriguez. They may not play very much, but they still have the size if they need to put guys down there. Gabe Whitmore uh, is still six foot three, six foot four. Um, it might not be a Josh Burnham, but you have to realize Josh Burnham's coming off the bench for Traverse City Central as well. He might not be 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, but I think that Petoskey's still, I mean, they have the half-game lead on Traverse City Central in the Big North Conference. For now. Yeah, they still technically control their destiny. We'll see. I mean, James, which one of these two teams do you see coming out on top? We just saw Traverse City Central, but the, with the rest of their schedules, I mean... Cadillac's right there, too. I mean, that this was, I think, a three-team race. I mean, uh, Central got, got Cadillac and Petoskey back-to-back games, beat them both put themselves right back into everything. But, I mean, Cadillac and Petoskey were your front runners. So I, I think it's a three-team race. You're going to have a couple more matchups, I think, between those teams. So it, it really could be anybody's anybody's game of those three. No. I mean, it's just down to those three. Do you, I think Petoskey and Central still play one more time, right? You know that, Andrew? No. No. So Central's done Cent- playing both of them. Central and Petoskey. Central lost to Petoskey and Cadillac, like in the in both okay. way back and December. And they just beat them both. So Central's yeah. done playing both of them, but Petoskey and Cadillac still have to play each other. So yeah. that's going to be Central hasn't lost a game in 2020 yet. Uh, what is it? Ten in a row? Something like that. Nine it or ten? Nine, it was nine, nine when or they ten. Did Cadillac. Yeah, they haven't lost since uh, mid late December. 
when they wow. played Lansing Everett. Well, there we are on on a tear for uh, Traverse City Central. So yeah, the B- boys Big North Conference is going to be fun to see the shakeout over the last week and a half of the season here. Going over, you know, we'll talk about a couple more boys teams, but I really want to talk about Glen Lake as a whole, guys. Um, I was looking back over the last week, and they boys and girls are both dominating the Northwest Conference. Boys, I believe, are uh, in double-digit wins, undefeated. Girls are about to hit their 10th win in the Northwest Conference, undefeated. I mean, this is now a couple years in a row. Last year, the Glen Lake girls took the Northwest Conference all the way down to the final game last year. So in the last two years so far, Glen Lake only has one, the girls only have one loss in conference uh, since the beginning of last season. Glen Lake boys have dominated that conference uh, since a lot of these guys who are on the team, Xander Oakland left, but since Reese Hazleton has been on this team, they have dominated the Northwest Conference. Do you think that this is their final season doing this? We know what, what players are on these teams. They have, they're very senior loaded. They're very good. But do you think that this might be the last year of, of the Northwest Conference dominance? Uh, for the girls, I think absolutely not. I think they're going to continue to do this. I mean, the the one senior that they have that plays a lot is is Kerrigan Lacrosse. Liliana Faulkner comes off the bench and gives them a nice a nice player off the bench for them too. But they're not going to lose. That that's what they're going to lose next year essentially. And they've got good enough players on the bench. They've got you know Ruby Hogan who can come right in and replace lacrosse, I think, um, and give them at least a competent replacement. So I think that the girls' team should be doing this for a while. I mean, I, I'm not going to predict anybody to go undefeated, mm-hmm. but being, like, the favorite in the Northwest Conference. Boys' team, I don't know. We'll see after, you know, lo- after they lose, like, you know, McDonough and obviously Reese Hogan, Hazleton. Yeah. Uh, Finn Hogan's only a junior. Okay. So they have, they still got him back next year. Okay. Um, but, you know, they're, they're, I mean, Reese Hazleton is obviously size, the big one. A lot of their Figuratively size, and literally. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, either way, this season's been nothing short of amazing for both Glen Lake boys and girls in their conference seasons. I know it seems like everybody else in the Northwest might be just a little bit down. Uh, there, there might not be as much competition in that conference this year. Uh, for the boys, obviously, there's still going to be Frankfurt. There's still going to be Leland, teams like that that are going to give you a scare every single night. But somehow the Lakers have just been able to pull this out, and they've, they've used points from different people on every single night, every single occasion. We can move into hockey, though. We did have another conference crown wrapped up last week, or really the only conference crown wrapped up last week with Traverse City Central beating Cadillac on Friday and taking the sole possession of the Big North Conference crown We've talked a lot about these teams this season. We're not surprised that this is how this ended up, right? No, not really. I not mean, at all. I mean, I mean, they, they still, as of last week, they still had a chance to, if they lost their last four games in the BNC, they would have shared it. Yeah. But, yeah. Other than, yeah, I mean, that's a lot. Chris Givens had to be pretty confident because he didn't even go to the game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was pre-planned from what we know. He had, he had a little trip he had to take care of, but yeah. he Yeah, uh, he had to do something else. I mean, it was an 8 to nothing mercy, you know, yeah. and he let Scott Harvey, I think, run the bench for that game, so. Because when I texted Chris, I was like, hey, do you got any details on the uh, on the game? It was like 10 o'clock when our deadline comes, and he just texted me back, and he's like, oh, I wasn't there. Yeah, I'm sorry, they won anyways. I'll, I'll have Scott Harvey call you. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, Traverse City Central, I believe they were 18-3-2 to finish a conference. I mean, that's not the conference record, but overall record for the conference season. I think now. Right, okay, so they yeah. did win one more. Very good season by them, and I'm pretty excited to see what they're going to be able to do. Uh, into the playoffs. I think our prediction at the beginning of the year when we said that it might be, uh, we think it's Traverse City Central's year after the reps and West in the last couple, with the way that they've been playing this season, I really do think we could see them making it quarterfinals, maybe up to the semifinals. We know that's going to be really, really hard with the division that they're in, but, I mean, the speed, the, the aggressiveness that they play with, it's going to be tough for a lot of teams to uh, to handle when they get downstate. One more thing we want to talk about before we get done with the Pulse is the G. 
and HSBC. Because with the interviews, I just wanted to give you guys an update. TC West. One of the longest acronyms in right? the area well, that I we mean, have. Not even just acronym. I'm trying to say that whole thing. The Greater Northwest High School Bowling Conference. Anyways, I, I, was actually, I was actually really, really proud of myself that I got that right on my first try in our last podcast, which was really, really exciting. <laughs> uh, the TC West Titans come out, to- come out on top. In the girls. In the girls. And Cadillac comes out on top in the boys. Yes, they tied with Elk Rapids, but the tiebreaker was pins. So they so Cadillac won D- Division One, and Elk Rapids won Division 3-4. Okay, awesome. And then uh, we know our guest, Noel Phillips, finished the conference season undefeated. So she got that conference championship. We had a chance to sit down with Noel and senior bowler Ryan Mahalski from Traverse City West for a great interview. So let's go ahead and give a listen to that now. The Get Around is really, really excited to welcome in our first bowlers ever on the podcast, Traverse City West seniors, Noel Phillips and Ryan Mahalski. Thank you guys so much for joining us today at the Get Around. No, of course, yeah. We have a lot to talk about today. Uh, we've already got a little bit of conversation started before our interview, but we always get started with our Freaky Fast Five. It's a nod to our sponsor at Jimmy John's. So we're going to dive right into those, get five rapid-fire questions for you guys to kind of get to know you a little bit. So we'll start off with a fun one. What song would you pay to never hear again? We'll Happy start by Fro Williams. By Fro Williams? Yeah. Okay. Probably Happier by Marshmallow. Okay, so <laughs> like That's a two songs that probably sound like they should make you happy. But they're, they're really annoying, annoying. and overplayed. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, so, <laughs> Happy and Happier. Man, I, w- I thought it might be like sad and sadder. Sad and sad. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you got one? Give me the perfect color for a bowling ball or the perfect color combination. Like when it rolls down the lane and it, you know, it's spinning around. What, what's you want purple, blue, and some sort of neon because oh then it yep. really shows up. Purple, blue. I was just going to say that. Yep. <laughs> purple, blue? Absolutely. So is it purple and blue or is it pur- like a mix between yeah, purple you and can, blue? You can mix the balls. Yep. Yeah. What's your warm-up playlist? Warm-up playlist? <laughs> I know in the GNHS... BC, you guys are all kind of warming up together and like bowling at the same time. But if it was your choice and yours alone, what would you put on it? For music wise, yeah. Oh my, my father probably wouldn't like this, but lots of explicit music. We yeah. usually have to <laughs> turn it off because he gets annoyed by it. But you know, something to really like hype you up. So you know, my my friends pick a lot of rap music because it's yeah, energetic. like <laughs> rap or rock and roll. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, eighties are a good go-to. For yes. Us. Okay. Okay. That feels like a bowling alley, bowling alley vibe to me. Yeah. Exactly. Like Big Lebowski, eighties music. I can dig <laughs> it. Uh, okay. Which animal would make the best type of president if animal if the animal kingdom rises up and takes over? <gasps> Probably a lion. Why would you want a lion? They'd kill you. <laughs> they're powerful. <laughs> but pigs are cute. Okay. Yeah, they're cute. Do you a pig? Yes, pigs are my favorite animal. Okay, so pig president and a lion president. I was gonna go Lord of Flies. I mean, I think Planet of the Apes. I mean, they did a pretty good job okay. for like four yeah. movies, right? Terrifying. Yeah, though. right. They did a pretty decent job for like four movies. So I mean, it might yeah. last a while. <laughs> if if you were the CEO of your own company, what is one thing that you would institute that had to happen in the office every single day? Dance party. Dance party. I'd yeah. go with that. I'd get you pumped Daily up for work. Daily dance party. All yeah. right. So I'm, is I'm that down for that? Does that mean that the break room is going to be like a dance floor? Like I, totally. Wh- with snacks the, and a drinks. DJ, snacks, drinks. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Go-to snack at the bowling alley? Uh, definitely mozzarella sticks. Mozzarella sticks? Nachos. Nachos. No. Nachos? Yeah, I love the nachos. Do you guys usually get a chance to get snacks 
No, no, we're not allowed no. to eat while I was about to say, wouldn't your fingers get a little too greasy for that? Yeah, use your opposite hand, but we're not allowed to bring in our own food to the bowling alley, so we kind of just get really hungry. <laughs> so, like, do you guys, like, hang out after the yeah. after the meets and be like, well, we're just going to pick out on bowling alley food now? Or is it like, no, we Depends go on no, the we, vibe. We yeah. usually yeah. just go to Burger King down the road and call okay. it right there. Okay, so bonus question: What's the Burger King order? If you guys are doing it as like a team or as friends, do you, is it like huge? Do you guys, there's literally just a whole bunch of you guys. Or like, what's your per- personal Burger King order? I get a chicken junior from the value meal. You know, it's cheap. Yeah. And yeah. then probably twenty chicken nuggets. Twenty chicken Twen- nuggets. Yes. Okay. I get about thir- twenty or thirty-two. Bacon King. Okay. Yeah. Large. Lemonade. <laughs> I definitely think those chicken nuggets are like air, though. Ba- Burger King's chicken nuggets <laughs> are like filled with air, so I can see how you could eat like twenty of those. <laughs> If we were talking Wendy's chicken nuggets, it'd be a different story. But or like some Chick Fil A nuggets or something. Shout out to the spicy nuggets being back. Yeah, right. Shout out <laughs> to spicy nuggets. All right. So that was a freaky fast five. A nod to our sponsors at Jimmy John's. Uh, we're gonna dive into some of our bowling questions with these guys. Both of these uh, seniors have been bowling with the Titans for all four years of their high school career, so have plenty to chat about. We actually were started off. We'll start off with Noel. Um, I know you made the trip to the state finals last year, but we kind of just talked about how you're on a national circuit for bowling. Like, can you tell us a little bit more about how, where you've traveled and where your favorite place is that you've traveled for? Um, yes, I'm part of the Great Lakes Junior Gold Tour, and we travel all over the state for qualifiers. And once you qualify for the national tour, last year was actually in Detroit, so kind of near home. But before that, we had Dallas, Texas, Indianapolis, Cleveland, Las Vegas. Okay. Yeah, lots of fun bowling. So where's your favorite place that you traveled so far? I'd actually say Detroit okay. because it's close. We don't have to drive that far, and plus Mexican town is amazing. Okay, so. okay. So, um, being a senior on the bowling team, you guys obviously have helped uh, push the Titans to where you are now. What do you think? What do you think is the difference in your Ryan in your career from where you started as a bowler? I mean, how old were you when you started bowling and started taking it seriously into high school? I started bowling when I was fourteen and eighth grade. My friend got me into it because his sister was part of the team, and uh, he convinced me to join. So then, like during that summer, I started to uh, fully appreciate bowling. So is that did you just end up in the in the alley all the time over the summer? You, you and your buddy and just it just rolled into what most it is of today. the time, yeah. So yeah. what do you think the difference is from the time when you kind of just picked it up to where you are as a senior now? How do you view bowling differently? I view it as a experience and um, its value with relationships that you make on the team. It's more like making friendships and actually like winning and getting high scores, in my opinion. The, the actual time spent in the alley yeah. is what's, what's yeah. worth it to you. Now, for, for you, Noel, I know we, you said that you've done the Nationals. Seems like you've made states. Maybe a little bit more of a competitive side for you. Is yes. that kind of the case? How, how, how do you do view bowling from where you started at? Well, I started bowling when I was five. So it started as a really good, fun thing. Great way to make friends. The bowling community is a family. High school, we just try to get pumped up. We get new people in every year, and we teach them the love of the game. And it's wonderful to watch them grow and coach. First, I mean, now that you are into that competitive spirit, you're getting up into uh, the national ranks, such like that. How do you approach each game? Is it like, is it a high score every single game, or is it a certain type of strategy? It is definitely ups and downs. Well, example, this past weekend, I bowled a 148, which is my new low game for the season, okay. and then I came back with a 226 to help make up for it. So it's lots of peaks and lots of lows. Okay. Uh, is it different when you're bowling for a team when you have a big when you have a high score? Is it was or is that more like your personal goal? Well, I definitely want to bowl good for the team, but of course I have personal goals for myself. Was to make first place this year in the Great North Conference that we have, but it's also good to help our team get there because our team actually has a good chance to make it at states this year. 
So for both of you, can you break down how like the team scoring works? Because we we always get the results. We're kind of like confused on how they actually like work together, though. So we start off with two Baker games, and that goes. There's five people that bowl. There's first, second, third, fourth, and fifth, and then the first person bowls sixth frame, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth. Okay. And then, so that's total score against the team you're going against. Whoever wins gets a point. Then who wins overall gets four points. And then it's team individual games, and that's all added up. So you're okay. kind of like one-on-one against whoever's on the team. Okay, but the Baker games is actually, so each each bowler bowls two frames. Yes. Okay. When you when you do go into one of these conference meets, you guys have been bowling against the same people in northern Michigan for the last four years, basically. You guys see the same people every weekend at the bowling alley from the same teams. You're facing off against the same people. How much does it kind of like eat at you when somebody's beating you or how, how much do people have a target on your back when you're in that top five all the time? How is it in that thing where it's not like most other sports where it's like, oh, we'll see them maybe twice this year mm. or we'll see them, you know, in the playoffs. No, like you guys are all together every weekend seeing exactly how each other bowl. I personally, I can't stand getting beaten by the same people every single time. <laughs> I, it sucks. But it just it sucks. It motivates you to work harder and try to get better. Yeah, um, I've been undefeated this season, so I don't really have a problem with anyone. Everyone's good friends with me, but some people's parents are not the hugest fan of me when they bowl against me. Well, I mean, what, what, what do you tell people now that you're undefeated? What, what do they say to you when they come up to you? Do you think that they're intimidated by you, or is it just like when, when you're undefeated and people come up to think, hey, we got to bowl against you, how do you think they feel when they come up against an undefeated um, you know, top person in the conference. I'm close friends. The girl in second place right now, Andrea, we are actually really close. We have the same mindset in bowling, and it's always a battle, actually, between us when we bowl against each other. She's an amazing bowler. But I don't know. I mean, my teammates, they're fine with bowling against me. Everyone's okay with it. We're all happy. I'm happy about it. There's always a chance because I have thrown some low games myself, so there's a good chance anyone could beat me. I was going to say that that like 16 versus 1 matchup in the in the NCAA tournament yeah. can kind of happen almost any week with you. I mean, how uh, do you think that people are always looking at, they're coming out to upset you to tr- try and come and beat you? Is that, their, is that their goal or do you think it's more or less like, hey, let's just roll our high game today? Yeah, let's m- basically roll your high game for the day, but I guess I can help push people if that's anything, like as a goal. I mean, some of my teammates, their goal is to have a higher game than me sometime in the season, stuff like that. Now, I, you, it did kind of seem like somebody might have beat you a few times this season. Who's kind of like your arch enemy in the conference, and, and how do you plan on getting back at him? Oh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm not nearly as good as she is, but my goal is to do uh, just get better through, like, college, maybe bowling just leagues just for fun. But I, I want to, like, get to the point where I am as good as she is <laughs> to where I can bowl high games consistently Ooh. and not have to just, like, throw it and hope it goes where I want it to. Yeah, I know it probably makes a difference. I'm sure with you on the national tour, you've done quite a bit. Um, do you know what oil pattern they use for your guys' conference, and have you guys experimented with any different ones or anything yes. like that? Yes, um, we bowl on the Allen pattern, which is kind of like a modified house shot. It's a little heavier, but it's not terribly challenging compared to the others I've bowled on. But that's probably because I've bowled on it for four years yeah. straight, so you kind of get used to it and you find a line. Now, I remember when I was uh, talking to a hi- my high school bowling coach, she said that the oil pattern in high school meets is different than what you might experience just in a recreational like bowling alley going on a Sunday. What can you describe that? Well that's like there's a house shot. It's a common one that everyone has. It varies a little bit, but it's the same thing. Lots of oil in the middle, drying the outside. So if you have a ball that hooks, you know, you throw it on the side and it'll hook into the pocket. Um the Allen pattern there's a little more oil on the side, so if you throw it out it's gonna hold a little longer and it's not gonna finish as hard. 
Okay. okay. That, yeah, if it, that makes sense. Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. So I, I mean, basically, it just gives it no place to grip. Really, at the end of the yeah. at the end of the mm -hmm. alley, for it to make that last hook to mm -hmm. get on the inside. Um, I know there are. I mean, how many different types of oil patterns are there? I mean, there's oh, there's, oh, so, there's so many. That's I mean. Uh, Un numeral. I mean, have you guys ever like been somewhere that gave you a really messed up one that has either yes. helped or hurt you? I was finishing for cut for nationals to go for Team USA, and the very last pattern that I bowled on, they screwed it over for the left-handed people to where it was completely different on the left side of the oil pattern to screw over the lefties, and I miscut by 40-something pins. So you are a lefty? Yes, I am okay, a lefty. Okay, so you bowl right-handed? Absolutely. Yeah. Now, I know that there's some people who, like, use two hands or can kind of bowl with both hands. Do either of you do that? Are you ambidextrous with how you kind of bowl depending on the shot? I cannot bowl right-handed to save my life, but two-handing is a new, it's new to the game. Jason Belmonte definitely made it a famous thing when he started bowling, became famous. And we actually have a few two-handers, especially on our boys' team. We yeah. have, what, two or three? Yeah. And, yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah? Who's your guys' favorite professional bowler? Mine is Ryan Simonelli, okay. because he's also a lefty. So. Okay. Bill O'Neill. Okay. Yeah. I have seen... Like bowling on Fox and Bill O'Neill is that the type of guy where like he just won the championships over the. I, I don't know if yeah. mm -hmm. I think his name is Pete Weber, right? Yes. I, I, yeah, I, I don't know like if them. I don't know if he still professionally bowls, but that just still who do you think you are? I am is my favorite line yeah. in all of sports ever, like ever. Who do you th oh just yell at those pins, Pete? Please, God. I just um, remember seeing it on Fox, and he it's like strikes the first seven or eight frames. Oh, it's it's the who do you think you are? I am. You know what, Pete? That's right. I'm gonna have to look that up now. Okay. There, there are some really good bowling movies. We've never had bowlers on here. I, ha I already brought one up with you guys a little bit earlier. Um, but do you guys have a favorite bowling movie that you guys like to laugh at or do you even take seriously? I have never seen a bowling movie. You've never seen Unless a if you movie. count like the episode of Dexter to where they go bowling on a league. That's really? about it. Okay. There's a, there's a few. You got to watch some 80s bowling movies, guys. Big okay. Lebowski, Kingpin. You guys got to go watch Kingpin. Okay. That's like okay. a bowling spoof movie. It's almost like, kind of like a Balls of Fury or like Blades of Glory or something like that. Uh, it's a really good one. It's, it's way back from when, but I guess. Bowling was bowling was much bigger back in like the 80s and 90s. Yes, so that would probably be the more pop culture time for them to make those. Yeah, bowling's definitely starting to die a lot more in the north. That's why the comp our schools are so low. If you look downstate in Detroit area, Grand Rapids, they have travel teams. They have meets three times a week. But in the north, it's definitely... A dying sport and it's sad. Yeah, I mean, I grew up by you know you guys know what Thunder Bowl is in Allen Park. I'm yep. sure. Yep. Like, That's I'm from where Lincoln the Masters Park. Tournament exactly. Was. I'm from Lincoln Park, so like I grew up bowling at Thunder Bowl. If we wanted to, it was just 200 lanes oh, filled yeah. up with like people. There's they got cosmic. They have like poker. They I don't know. They have like four different types of like alleys and lanes. So like. I know it's different, especially because there's been a few places up here, there's been bowling alleys who have shuttered and even places, I know like the one up in Boyne City, they just reopened it not too long ago. What, what would you say to people who, who think that bowling is on its way out? How do you kind of think it'll it'll have its stay, uh, not just in nor northern Michigan, but in high school sports and in sports in general? That's why we work a lot with younger kids. Like my siblings, they have their best friends, they join a youth league, we get them to fall in love with the sport early, and hopefully they'll be able to continue on through high school and later on in adults so they can join the leagues and keep it a sport. Can you walk me through that? Do they do you bring the younger leagues to your practices or meets? We have a youth league Saturday mornings at Lucky Jack's. Incredible Moe's also hosts one. I, you can start bowling all the way when you're four, mm -hmm. five, and make sure that they love the sport, get into it, and then they can continue on. 
Do you guys remember? I mean, you were five. I remember. I you, did. You, I'm sure you probably bowled, but you didn't have your first bowling ball until you were 14. I would assume. Yeah. Do you guys remember your first bowling ball? What was it? Uh, how what was the design? I still have it. Yeah. What was it's it? It's like my hands like this big. It was a Brunswick pink ball, just plain plastic ball that had two hands shoved down the lane. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, mine was a. Uh, I think it was a 91-12 T or something like that. Brunswick ball. It was horrible. It was <laughs> horrible ball. I did, it got its job done for a year. So. Okay. How much or how heavy is the ball that you guys throw? Sixteen. Oh, oh you God! <laughs> you want to go down and wait before you hurt yourself? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I, I thought. My arm was literally just fell off thinking of that. Yeah. I, I still go to, like, the kid's little rack and pick <laughs> it up to see if I can hold it with Well, when you get it fitted for your hand, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't seem as heavy. Like, I currently, I recently moved down to 14 pounds. and But, yeah, when you have it personally fitted for your hand, it doesn't feel that heavy. I, like, I, usually, I usually roll with a 15, but I don't know. Like, a 60 just seems like it is way too heavy. I guess you just get used to that for a while. I'm sure. Yeah. Your, your, your shoulder, your arm. I mean, I have shoulder problems, too. So, like, if I bowl a game, I'm literally like, oh. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Bowling actually doesn't takes a toll on your body i last year i tore two tendons in my wrist from overuse of bowling i go to physical therapy for my knees my hips oh my my wrist. okay so that that brings me to my next question i mean <laughs> how much bowling is too much bowling like when do you get when do you get to that point where it's like i have to stop today or like this week i've already bowled 27 games like wh- how much bowling is too much bowling it really depends if you're in a tournament there, there's never too much bowling you want to win you want to keep going mm-hmm. But practice-wise, uh, we practice like four times a week. I think that's a I'm just like four games piece. a week, or is it like three games four times a week? It's an hour and a half practice. Yeah, hour and a half. So that's probably enough. What do you guys do, like two people on a lane or something like that? And We usually have like three, four people on a lane. We mm-hmm. bowl a few individual games. Okay. So it's not, not bad at all. Not too bad, not too bad. Mm-hmm. What's the most games you've ever bowled in a day? I bowled 18 games in one day. <laughs> That is just so Ow. That's a hundred. take like an hour each, or yeah, a close to it. It depends on how many people you have in the lane with it's you. It's like eighteen hours of bowling. That's a hundred eighty frames. I mean, that you threw that bowling ball like close to four hundred times. Yeah. If well, not you more. get you get breaks in between. You start way early in the morning, like eight o'clock, and you probably get like a twenty minute break. <laughs> does here that, and does there. that does that help? Does the, does the twenty minute break help? I mean, you can massage your arm up and put <laughs> okay. some ice on it. What about you? What's the most you ever pulled? Fifteen. Fifteen. That's yeah. not any better. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so these are just tournaments. I assume that is just you yeah. get down in the very late stages of a tournament, and that's where you're at. Like yeah. mm. you're just. Keep poppy more ibuprofen and call it good. If you, <laughs> you want to be the best, you got to go 18 deep. That's crazy. When you bring up a tournament, and I do know that sometimes you can compete individually in state tournaments, like in in high school, or because I had a friend that he would he was on the high school bowling team, but he'd also want to go to like tournaments so he can like qualify for a scholarship. Yes. And he was only allowed to do about three or four of those in the season. And the school had to sign off on them. Is that is that a thing here? That's kind of what the the junior gold tour is it doesn't occur during high school season they completely stopped it because it interfered so much with those rules so it's on off season right now and it starts back up in march so next month yeah so right after you guys get done yeah you bowl for scholarship points and the spot on the tour yeah you bowl individually there's no teams right no teams (laughs) all right i want to ask you ryan like what's your what's your ball pattern when you toss when you toss down the lane and what is your mindset when you have like a really hard pickup on the second on the second one. You have a really good throw, but wh- I want to know what you throw a hard curve with a sixteen pound ball. You you running straight at the pins. How do you, how do you how do you approach your bowling? Well, I I always say to myself, follow through before I start. I uh, talk to myself when I'm on the approach. I know it probably sounds weird, but 
that gets my mind like set. out loud you talk to yourself sometimes okay. yeah <laughs> just whisper so no one can hear me and then um it helps my mindset to uh like focus and just calm down for a second and take the four steps and hopefully the ball goes where i want it to okay okay now say you get that seven ten split or like that that four eight like <sighs> yeah so just a couple tough ones to pick up how do you approach what is what is what is the way that you look at yourself and you go this is is this possible is this not and how do you look at a time like that when you're faced with adversity most of the time i just say go for one and hope for the best like i go for the easiest one uh whether it be the four or the eight or the seven or the ten and uh hopefully it gets the other one yeah. yeah, is it just kind of a hope and pray situation? Most of the time, is, yeah. is yes. it like hopefully this sixteen pound ball I throw it hard enough that that pin just explodes in the back end and <laughs> yeah. flies somewhere? Yep. How what type of strategy do you have when when you got to pick something up? I've had a seven ten split four hundred times in my life, and it's just like this is impossible. That's basically what I'm, I'm yeah. getting at. I walk up there and I'm just like, man, by the graces of God, we got a one in three thousand chance that that pin is going to blow off to the other side. I mean, how do you do it, or how do you look at it when you go? We are trying to get the best game possible, so you need to get these pins. Yeah, for the seven ten split, you basically just go for one. It's nearly impossible to pick up. But when it comes to like a six seven, I picked up a few times. You just kind of want to hit it on the side and hopefully mm-hmm. it rolls over. There's no predicting it though. You just got to give it the opportunity. You really just have to have the perfect little little hit. Now, um, there ever like a three pins split that's different. That's difficult to pick up that people not people might not understand. Um, when there's a sleeper behind it, which is where a pin's behind it and you can't see it. So you think you got it and you're like, yes, you got the two. And you realize there was a third pin over there behind it and didn't pick it up. Yeah, no, I, I was about to ask when you guys throw your first one, what's the most frustrating rack that's left for you when it comes out? Like when you're just like, Oh man, what's like the hardest one for you personally to get over the two, four, seven, ten because I always chop it, and it's sad. Okay, I so you that's like the full left one and then just the, the one that got left in the yeah, back right corner? Yeah, besides the head pin. So okay. there's the first pin, and then the okay. three on the side, okay. and, and the other far corner. So you got to try to like ride it down that right side and bust them over to the front. Oh, what about you? Four, seven, ten. I, I swear I get that thing <laughs> two times a game. It just, just like haunts that's me. That's the one that's like dead in the center and then the two corners? Yeah, the two corners and the one right next to the one on the left. Okay. Yeah, it gets me every time. Um, when you go to these tournaments, I've seen pictures of them. There's like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people there. What's it like just being among them? Do you feel like you're a big fish in a small pond or just the opposite? Not really, because I've been bowling for so long, I know majority of the people there. We're all friends. We're all friendly. You just kind of bowl your best game and gets narrowed down. Even when you lose, I stay behind and I watch my friends bowl and I root for them. But yeah, it, it is kind of like big pond little fish kind of thing yeah but it doesn't bother you it doesn't phase you after a while what's your guys' favorite alley up here to bowl at lucky jacks there's only two so yeah lucky yeah. Jacks. Yeah. how much do you think that the difference between knowing what, what what your body is like and being coached on what to do changes the way that you're able to throw a bowling ball it takes a while it takes a long time to be consistent with a shot yeah. i mean you think you you think it feels the same and then it just whips off to the side. But it's kind of natural feel. Eventually, the coaches can't notice when you're pushing your ball like a second too early or you're drifting a board to the right. So it's kind of, you have to figure it out on your own, and it takes quite a while. But yeah, it takes a while. Yeah, probably four years, right? I, I still struggle with it, <laughs> yeah, so too. no. Yep. Now, what is your guys' opinion on bumpers? I think they're fun for the little kids to 
bowl at cosmic bowling at 9 p.m. with their family. So what's the age cutoff that you're no longer? Oh, there you is, are, there's a disrespect. There's no not an use, age cutoff. Uh, I no. love watching drunk people come in and just whip it on the bumpers. <laughs> yeah. I've seen them throw it in other lanes. It's it's, it's fun. so fun. I mean, bowling has to be frustrating, yes. especially because it's such a technical game. There's such there. It's I mean, I mean millimeters one way or the other. People break their golf clubs over their knee all yeah, the time, but too. Millimeter one way or the other has to be that frustrating. So I guess we'll, we'll ask like this. What's the craziest thing you've ever seen somebody do when frustrated in a bowling alley? The craziest thing yeah. I've seen them do? My friend sat down in the lane and cried, and then later on went back in the lockers and started beating them up, and then just cried it out and got back together and bowled fine for the rest <laughs> of the day. Like, it never happened. Yeah. Had to shake it off? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen people punch themselves, like, maybe not in the face, but, like, in the leg when they get extremely mad. Yeah. It gets pretty heated. It's kind of awkward. <laughs> yeah. like, you don't know what to say because they're mad at themselves, not anyone else. You're just like, you'll, you'll be okay. Like, <laughs> Go hang out in the corner for a minute <laughs> and we'll talk. You try to cheer them on, then they get even more mad, but, uh, yeah, you just got to leave them alone. What, what's the best way for either one of you guys to become not frustrated with your game? How do you kick yourself out of that funk when you're shooting your 120 and you're in the eighth you're in the eighth frame? Like, I have, I have to rock five strikes right now or I'm done for. I kind of sit in my own space and I sing a random song, and that's all I do is I, like, tap my foot to it and no one talks to me, doesn't look at me, and I get up bowl and I go back to my chair and I just keep singing the song. That's the way how I calm yeah, myself. Deep breaths, deep breaths, and just <laughs> focus. Just yeah. woosa. Just yeah, just. That yeah. sounds like a good plan. That sounds like a good plan. What are some things that might make you mad that other people in public lanes that might not know about unwritten rules of bowling that you'd like for them to know? Probably, like, as soon as you leave your chair and you're up there, don't talk to them because they're trying to go over what their shot is. They're trying to figure out what they're doing. And then someone yells your name and you're like, huh? And then you have to go through your whole pre-routine again. So I guess it's kind of... There's like silence, lane. silence on the lane, or yeah. on the approach, I guess. Yeah, when yeah. you're on the approach, it's just you there, just you and the ball. I hate it when people stand on the approach when they're getting ready and not, like, uh, on the floor in front of it. That makes me s- extremely <laughs> mad because they're just standing there watching you get ready and trying to focus, and they're just staring at you the whole time. <laughs> it's horrible. So yeah. really, it's a, it's a space thing. Yeah. Give everybody yeah. a little bit of space to do their game. Yeah. 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 Alrighty. Well, guys, I really appreciate you guys coming in and joining us here at the Get Around. It was a lot of fun chatting with you, getting to know a little bit more about bowling in northern Michigan. Good luck. Thank Thank you. (laughs) Another huge thank you to Noel Phillips and Ryan Mahalski for joining us at the Get Around. That interview sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy John's. Freak yeah. That's going to move us into our post-interview segment. Something I don't know that we've really ever done before, but sometimes you just need to give shout-outs to the people who deserve it. And we're going to go through our little awards and recognition segment. A couple things happened last week that were uh, pretty sweet for some of our local area coaches and athletes and former athletes. So I just wanted to go through and give them shouts out to uh, exactly what they deserve. First off, Traverse City Central coach Doug Lee, strength and conditioning coach Doug Lee, was honored by the National Strength and Conditioning Coaches Association as the regional coach of the year, one of only eight in the, in the country to win that award this mm-hmm. year. It's the third year that they've been doing the award. Is the first coach from Michigan to ever win the award in those three years. So says a lot about him. I mean, we've heard a lot. From the kids at Traverse City Central, we've heard a lot from the coaches at Traverse City Central. I mean, even when Zach Stevenson came in after Mark Madsen left and we asked him what he was really excited about 
about the athletic program at Traverse City Central, the strength and conditioning program was one of the things that he really harped on. Everybody has always talked that Doug Lee has done a fantastic job over there. I mean, you've had a lot more time to spend with Doug Lee, and you've seen the results. What do you think mm-hmm. that he's been able to bring to Traverse City Central that has changed the game over there? They just have such an advanced weights and conditioning program over there. I mean, we did a story a couple years ago just on Central's program and that, that gym that they have over there, and how they've managed to raise a bunch of money to get uh, get this system where the it actually measures how many reps the athletes do and at what weights, and it has like a leaderboard up on the wall. That it's updated almost live so that they can compete against each other and and all this and uh, it's just it's just a pretty impressive program that they've put together with for technology this. culture yeah. program it's all worked into one where you step in that weight room and you're you're mm-hmm. getting better yeah and he's you know and he's gotten in on the ground floor a lot of these uh, strength and conditioning coaches um, you know coaches associations and there's been a lot more in the last few years of kind of national cooperation of these kind of coaches trying to uh, form these kind of associations and sharing information sharing experiences and and all this and and Doug Lee has gotten central really into that early on um, he's he's a person that I'm sure many people are going to be turning to for that information, for that advice, uh, pretty pretty soon here since of what he's been able to do. And he's been there for quite a while. I know it's been over a decade. Uh, Doug mm-hmm. Lee been there. I think it's been some. I can't it's say, but I think it's like I think it was yeah. like 15 or 18 years, something like that. I'm not going to say it for a fact, but I'm pretty sure it's around 15 years. Um, so congrats to Doug Lee on running a great program and winning that that award uh, from mm-hmm. the National Strength and Conditioning Coaches Association. So. And his brother Mike helps out with that a lot too. So the Glees. <laughs> so yep. Maybe, maybe, I'm, I'm surprised they don't call the strength and conditioning the Glee Club at this point, right? <laughs> they they probably should. Right? It's not spelled it's exactly the same because there's only one e in it, but uh, no, it's pronounced that, the same. That's perfect. Like so that yeah. you wouldn't get then, the copyright infringement off the show or whatever. Exactly. Like no, we got that, and then nobody could think that it was the actual like Glee Club, like the show, where like they're doing the singing and dancing. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, man, I talk about tricking some people into doing some work they probably don't want to do. I signed up for Glee Club. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> You'll learn. You'd be singing a different tune after that. Right. Just screaming and yelling with how sore you are. Uh, another big another big recognition that happened last week is the Jersey retirement for probably the most decorated girls high school basketball player in Michigan State history. James, take it away. Yeah, I mean, Jasmine Hines, uh, you guys weren't here, obviously, when back when she played because it was, was, a, while, State, it was a while ago. I was at Michigan State when she was there. Yeah, so, so you saw her play. And, and even when she was at Michigan State, she wasn't quite as dominant because she was battling some injuries and stuff at Michigan State. She did go on and play, uh, I think, believe two seasons overseas in Europe. Um, just got done with that and works at Michigan State now in the athletic department. But, I mean, she's the all-time leading scorer and all-time leading rebounder in Michigan State history for high school. And that, that, that record's, what, almost 10 years old now. Yeah, and still, I mean, she's over 3,000 points. If you're what able to over, over Almost 1,700 rebounds. I, I just think it's really cool, you know, especially just coming from the outside and moving up here and realizing, you know, how small the communities are up here, how small the schools are up here. I mean, I personally know how small the school Central Lake is. I mean, just what their gym looks like is, you know, you can tell it's a small town, it's a small deal, but they have probably the biggest jersey ever up in their rafters now. And it's just crazy to me to think is that it doesn't matter where you come from, it doesn't matter who you play for, if you put it all on the court, people will notice, you know? Yeah, yeah, I mean, she went to Michigan State, so all these people that say, oh, I can't play in northern Michigan and get noticed by colleges, that's that's not true. I mean, it, I mean it's, also, it's also a far cry that, the majority of people are going to be the, the highest scoring female ever in Michigan State basketball or, or in high school true. basketball or rebounds. But it's possible. Very possible. All you got to do is put it all out there. And I'm sure, I mean, we, we heard from Jasmine Hines during that ceremony. And I'm sure 
she would tell you the exact same thing. Is, you know, you put the hard work in and you really care about what you're doing. Uh, that's what you're going to be able to find out. Uh, one more one more award to announce was former Glenn Lake assistant coach Brett Forrester is going to be inducted into the Michigan High School Coaches Hall of Fame. After about 20 years after he left there, he's done a lot of coaching across the state and uh, has had a pretty good resume. So congratulations to him. Just wanted to toss that one in there while we had a chance. That segment... Brought to you by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's spends six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a 30-second sandwich. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's freak, yeah. We got the Hall of Fame, fellas. One of my favorite segments because we get to talk about the athletes and what they did that blew our minds. We each have one nomination. I'm going first because you guys are not stealing my nomination. I called her last Monday. And I'm going to put up Benzie Central's Ellen Bretzky in a win over Frankfurt last week. A 49-35 win. She scored 30 points. And grabbed 22 boards while dishing out four assists. I mean, that's just ridiculous. If, if it was like hockey where you like put a point for everything, like a goal and an assist, man, she would have had more points than both teams combined, basically. So, 30-20 game is pretty ridiculous. Yeah, 30-20, 30-22. And I mean, Ellen Bretzky's only like 5'8", five 5'9". Foot five <laughs> foot uh, I'm going to see her sometime this week, I'm pretty sure. But that is just that is just outrageous. Frankfurt ain't got small girls either, so I know she was really working for those rebounds. My pick is Dutch Ballon. He won districts for Traverse City Central. According to their coach, they hadn't done that in quite a long time, and, his, and especially in his time as a head coach. Ballon, he's 42-3. and three. Only times he's lost is early in the season in a tournament. Hasn't since. 40 wins? That's impressive. That's 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 more than some people, some wrestlers have done in their entire career, and he's done it in one year. Yeah, uh, you guys. I know that for a fact. Yeah. I won more than that in my career. Hey. And I never won that many in a season. <laughs> no, I think my high in a season was 27. You got to think my total career was 43 <laughs> wins. <No. laughs> well, yeah. du- well, Dutch, he's got the top seed in regionals, and I'm sure he's looking to head to state, too, with that kind of season. I'm at the 103 weight class as a freshman, um, he's my pick. All right. James? All right, we're going, with, uh, going over to Gaylord and skiing for Reagan Ollie. She's been one of the dominant skiers around here for a couple of years now and uh, just continued it in regionals this year, winning the, the slalom title and uh, coming in second in giant slalom for the Blue Devils. You know, And sometimes in regionals when with those skiers, it's like they're not even going full bore in regionals. They're just The object is just to get there, just to, quali- just to do enough to qualify for states, and then you go full bore in states. So, I mean, she may have been going tilt on this i wouldn't doubt that i, I wouldn't doubt so. if we see faster times from her next week i when i was looking at it i think it was only a, only a half a half or a fraction of a second that she lost that giant slalom regional title by so i'm sure even if she wasn't going her fastest she was still only this far off so we know mm-hmm. that reagan ali has been done a lot uh at the top of the leaderboards this season so you are correct but top of our leaderboard is the hall of fame and we have to vote for an athlete gentlemen I'm not going to vote first this time. Who wants to go first? Anybody have one that they have to vote for? This one is difficult. This one is, like, really difficult. They're all different type of accomplishments that are all really good. Yeah. Three different sports. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, like, and three, th- different, three different really hard things to achieve. Because <laughs> I think, what is that, four matches for him to win that district title he had to win in a row? Three. Like, probably three, three four. Okay. Yeah, he was well, probably yeah, no one seed, seed, so yeah, probably got to buy. Yeah, I think how many more wins he'd have if he wasn't the number one seed at tournaments and yeah, guys right. all the time. I'm just going to put it this way. I, we haven't seen a 30-20 game this season out of boys or girls. It's, it's hard for me to look past that, especially because I was the one who took the phone call, and I basically etched her in stone as like my pick on like Monday of last week. With her being 5'8", and basically scoring as many points as the Frankfurt team with 22 rebounds, I'm, I'm going to vote for Alan Bretzky. I'm going to go with Dutch Ballon. 
just because, you know, like I said, they hadn't had a guy win regionals and stand up top of that podium. And Coach Donald Funk's entire time being a head coach at Traverse City Central, it takes a lot to be like, oh, I'm going to be the first one to ever do that. I'm going to be the first one to etch my name on the wall, and he did that. So what do we do if we have a tie? A three-way tie? we got to revote. <sighs> revote where you can't vote for your own person? Yep. I'm going to vote for Reagan Alley just to see how oh, this goes. Right. Just to see how this he happens, did it. man. All right, well, we got to vote. We vote where you can't vote for our own person. Round two. Go in reverse order. Then this is you can't vote for your own. You got to go first this time, dude. Okay. So I can't take Ali. I'll go with uh, Ellen Bretzky. Ellen Bretzky. All right. I I would I would put Balin for myself, but there you go. Congratulations, Ellen Bretzky. You are the latest inductee into the Get Around Hall of Fame for your 30 point, 22 rebound performance against Frankfurt last week. Definitely nothing to scoff at. Welcome to the club. I think you can join your sister from last year in the club uh, with Abby Bretzky. So we'll be partying together. In no time. Uh, that segment brought to you by Jimmy John's. With two locations in Traverse City. At Jimmy John's, they're freaks about fresh bread, meats, and veggies. Because th- you know what that means? Better sandwiches for all. Freaky fresh. Freaky fast. Jimmy John's. Freak yeah. Uh, we have one more segment to talk about. That is going to be our trifecta. Everybody's favorite favorite segment of the podcast this week. I decided to put it out there to the boys. I want to know what's on your guys' bucket list. Maybe for this year, this summer, sometime soon. I went to Colorado and snowboarded, so it made me think, what's next? That's always what's on my mind is what's next. What's the next crazy thing I can do to push my boundaries, push my limits? I'll put it out to you there, boys. You boys first, though. What's on a bucket list for you guys? Yeah, I had a speaker come in in my sport management class, and he said that he was he was being a sponsor for a NASCAR race, and they didn't have a pace car driver. Like, he's, he's working, he's the guy, like, the CEO of Sprint is standing right next to him, and he's supposed to be the passenger seat of the pace car driver, and he's like, well, we have no driver, so you're driving this thing. <laughs> he took it a lap. He's like, well, there, there you go. I am I I just can say that I was a pace car driver for an ass car race. That's what I'm going to go with. Yeah. I, want, I want to be a pace. I don't know how car fast the car goes. The, the car starts differently than most cars that we know. You, know, you can't just, like, turn a key. I want to do a lap around uh, Daytona, C- Daytona International Speedway and be the pace car driver for the Daytona 500 whenever it starts. See how many Gs you can pull? That, yeah. That'd be pretty cool, though, because now that I think about it, like, I really wonder how fast the pace car has to go on that first lap because it has to be, like, a steady pace and, like, has to bring everybody along with them. I think they go. They do go but and the, get up but, there. Like, But they probably also instruct you, like, don't go too crazy because no, no, you're an amateur. Well, not even that, but I think they I think they have to tell you, like, dude, don't go over 100 because then these cars is going to be getting going too fast mm-hmm. before the start. Like, you have to keep it like 90 miles an hour so they all cross the starting line at the same speed or whatever the heck it would be. And I've also noticed it's a different car. It's a different, it's not like a, it's well, like a Camaro or yeah. like, or it's whatever, whatever, whatever brand is whatever sponsoring model the race. Yeah, like, time, that's what yeah. I mean. Like, then they'll sell those pace cars, which are pretty cool. So, I mean, like, if it's just about being in the pace car, you can get one of them. Boys. No, I want to drive driving it. around. I want to drive a pace car. On Daytona. Yeah. Okay, I like that. That's pretty cool. That's not one I would ever think of, but that's pretty sweet, Andrew. I wonder if you get to, yeah. yeah. I would have to do like a practice one before the thing. Because you're like being on that angle, huh? Because yeah, being on that incline and not having a not having ever driven a car probably before that has like that much horsepower horsepower behind (laughs) it, you know, and then dealing with, you know, pulling some G's, I guess. And that that would be kind of crazy, you know. And they put and they just put some amateur who's never done this before out in front of oh. this giant spectacle of a NASCAR race. Oh, just imagine if the imagine pace if car crash. crashes yeah. in front of them, the ninety cars and they all crash and pile up before. I the bet race. that's happened. <laughs> it had to have. 
and it, I've never, I haven't heard of it specifically, but man, but you would like to think, awesome. you would like to think that the forty professional drivers in NASCAR's behind this pace car are good enough to realize that he's a terrible driver and just stay away, <laughs> and just, just give him his distance. Yes, let him, let him go and let him do his thing. That's something we probably could have gotten away, like told him, like, hey, like I've only had my license for about five, six years. You got to take it easy on me. That, dude, that's like a funny story. Just a little tangent, real quick. That was like I turned sixteen and I was at one of my friend's house and like her dad worked for Ford and had friends and this guy brought over or uh, had people in the auto industry this guy was like a tester right he brought over this Cadillac CTS V coupe like an $85,000 car with like 450 stock horsepower faster than a Mustang faster than a vet at the time like had twin turbos it was awesome I swear to god I turned 16 in March I got my driver's license this was like May he pulled up to the house it was like we were sitting I was hanging out with the friends or whatever and he goes yeah, like, all you gotta do is sign this. You wanna test drive this car? And I look at this guy, I was like, dude, I just got my license like a month and a half ago, and you're gonna put me behind the wheel of an $85,000, like, coupe. My neighbor. Put me on the freeway. Oh, he did. I signed it. It was fantastic. My neighbor was. Uh, car. One thing that we, uh, we were gonna try to do last winter, or last uh, fall, was go see Tool when they went to tour, because we've never seen Tool. And then a friend of mine got married that day, and uh, that they were in Detroit, and we couldn't. Couldn't pull it off, so that that's something that I'm hoping that maybe they come back around to Detroit or Chicago somewhere or something close. somewhere where we could maybe go see Tool because that's like one of the bands that I have not seen that's like in my top ten bands. Okay. That's, a, that's a big bucket list item. Concerts are a big one. That mo- <laughs> that moment that moment that you guys actually get to see Tool would be so awesome. That's why Billie Eilish has sold so many tickets this year. Why? She's just like the, Well, yeah, but she was making music like 12, 14. Yeah, she was. I no, she, And there were a lot of people that were really big fans of her then. I had a couple in here. I mean, the one that just keeps popping into my mind, because I've done so much other than the stuff that I've said I would do, is that I need to go skydiving like ASAP, because... It's I, really not that expensive either. They have, they have it up in Petoskey over the bay. No, because I imagine people... If it was expensive on top of people's worries, <laughs> yeah. I imagine a lot of people wouldn't do it. I mean, what's not expensive to you? Like 150 bucks, right? It's reasonable. Yeah, it's like 150 bucks yeah, to do. Yeah, no, but if it was like 400 bucks, like no my actually, it. But I think my actual bucket list, and I've said this before, is I want to skydive enough that I can do it on my own. Yeah. Like, I actually want to jump out of a plane by myself. Not like have a guy. Yeah, like I don't want like some dude strapped to my back, like screaming in my ear, "How you feeling?" Like, hey, keep your mouth closed for the bugs. No, like, I want to like skydive and be able to like dance and fly through the sky on my own accord. Do you know what I'm saying? You're still young enough to join the military. Oh no! I'll just go to Petoskey twice a week and find out. Like, I think you have to get like something like 200 dives in before they let you dive out of an airplane by yourself. I mean, it makes sense. You're just hurtling to your death, so you better know what you're doing. But, uh, yeah, no, definitely uh, skydiving is very, very high on my list. And other than that, I really need to go to Asia, like Southeast Asia or something. Like, I don't know so much about, like, Tokyo, Japan or, like, China or anything like that. But, like, I totally want to see, like, Indonesia and, like, Bali and such like that. So those are, like, the two things that are next. Well, there's a travel yeah. bucket list that's different than... Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, yeah, that's, like... Yeah, travel bucket. I have a yeah. travel bucket. I just thought about that after I said that. But, no, skydiving is definitely, like, the activity that I need to get out of my way. So I know I can do it. Because, like, I need that adrenaline. I need that rush. And that's one thing that I honestly don't know that you could get anywhere else. <laughs> can we have, a like, a bonus one now that I thought about well, this? Sure. Climb Everest. Yeah, that'd be cool. Said I would never climb nope. a mountain. Pass. <laughs> yeah. Pass. That'd be cool, but I'd never climb a mountain. I've asked. I, I was just out there. Never. I mean, we were driving through the mountains. I was looking at these steep things, and I was talking to, talking to my friend Terrence. She's like, yeah, we would go on some crazy hikes like that. And I'm just like, you realize that that would take you seven and a half hours 
Take just I can I can see the distance with my eyes right now. How much I could probably watch you with binoculars climb that mountain. It would take you like well, probably well over seven Everest miles, takes days. Oh yeah, yeah. Days. You, have to, you have to like fly to a point on to the top point of Everest before you start There's climbing movies that point. And you have to climb past dead people usually to get there. Yeah, which is crazy. Just frozen dead bodies. If you don't want to actually climb the mountain, go to Al- like fly to Albuquerque, and they have a tram, the San Diego Peak Tramway. My uh, aunt lives out there. That's where my profile picture was taken. Is you take a, a forty-five minute tram up. It's literally like 30, 45 minutes. It takes you up the mountain, and then there's a four uh, four mile trail up there. So oh, just like a, uh, up in a certain right. altitude. Okay, mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. It's at like ten thousand feet. Okay, yeah, that's not too high. The other what, two. What, is little, is, is other it Mount Everest at like twenty seven thousand? Is the peak though? The other two things that I have uh, kind of like like you were talking travel kind of things or whatever is. Uh, uh, I'd like to go to like the, all the biggest parties in the world, and that I've been, I've already been to the Sturgis Bike Rally. Okay. I've been to Woodstock. Yep. Yeah. Twice, and I've been to um, Mardi Gras. Okay. So like the other ones I could think of would be like Carnival in Brazil. Okay. Oktoberfest in Germany. Okay. I don't, I don't want to go to Burning Man though, man. The Cubs Dude, World I, just. How about I go to Burning Man with you? Let's go have a life-changing experience and see what happens. Man. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Let's go a- dive in the desert and see what happens. Go Mad Max. I'll tell you that last summer thinking about, hey, man, can I handle this? And I was like, I don't know, but I think I just need to do it. And that's yeah, that's my other thing is sports-related. It would be going to a championship game in every sport. That'd I've, be like been, I've been to a Super Bowl. I've okay. been to a World Series game. I haven't been to an NBA Finals or a Stanley Cup. Game. I've been to a Stanley Cup game. I've never been to the other three. The Champions yeah. League final and, in Europe, and NCAA Final Four, and then that's it. College championship game for football would be. I've been in both. Long. I've been to both of those multiple times at this point. But yeah, I was close. Mount Everest, twenty nine thousand feet. I said twenty seven, twenty nine, twenty nine. No, two thousand. Twenty nine, twenty nine. But yeah, that would be really cool. So it sounds like we got some crazy aspirations here at the Record Eagle. Got a lot of stuff we want to do. We'll really revisit this after we do some knock some more stuff off our bucket list. We'll see what else we can uh, tell you guys, cool I'll experiences. And l- stuff. I'll let you guys know what the view is like once I climb that. That's going to do it for episode 113. 100 and a baker's dozen. 100 and a baker's dozen. That's going to do it for episode 113. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back for episode 114 sometime in the next two weeks. Remember to like, share, tweet, comment, interact with us on social media for your chance to win free subs from Jimmy John's. And just, uh, you know, talk to us because we're lonely. We like to have people to talk to on Twitter. All right, that'll do. We'll see you for episode 114. Have a good day.